Working nine to five, what a way to make a living. Barely getting by, it's all taken and no giving. They use your mind, they never give you credit. It's enough to drive you crazy if you let it. Nine to five, for service and devotion, you would think I would deserve a big fat promotion. Want to move ahead? But the boss won't seem to let me I swear sometimes that man is trying to get me Working nine to five What a way to make a living Barely getting by It's all talking and no giving What an opening, folks Did you enjoy that? What an opening, Dolly Did you pride? Do you know what? In a way, I can't believe it's taken me this long To get this seminal work by Dolly Parton out onto the podcast. This is what it's all about, walruses. Working nine to five, barely making a living. Or maybe working nine to five, but in a job that makes you feel like you'd like your frontal lobotomy done. Um, Because you feel like you're being buried alive in the bloody place. That used to be me when I was a slizzler for the civil service back in the day. And it's one I used to be afflicted with. Just like so many of you working that. <laughs> I've got a feeling that's going to be a theme in this episode. Really interested. Um, interestingly, I have received about a dozen messages on this very point in the last fortnight or so from so many followers and connections asking just that question. Is there more life on the other side? How do I make the leap from working nine to five? What's it like out there? What if I jump and fail? How did you do it, Gavin? How do I know if this is for me or making the jump is for me? Look, I'm going to have to give a big shout out here to Roger Mulligan, who works uh, with us in our fintech and legal tech startup, Asset Nexus, who suggested this as a possible episode on the Speed Mentor podcast. Now, Roger actually escaped, and I mean this in the nicest possible sense, to uh, from a life in the legal world where he was working nine to five existence <laughs> um, to an experience and um, the thrill of the startup world. Now that was a brave move for Roger because he'd obviously done a degree and all the rest of it. Uh, and we've had a couple of bumps along the way as he's adjusted to life in the startup world as it's so, so different. But boy, is he absolutely thriving now under the amazing tutelage of Andrew Cuthbert with a little bit of secret sauce thrown in by yours truly to help him on his way. Now, having moved from a sterile enough legal space, his thirst for knowledge is fantastic. He's devouring books on corporate finance, on product ownership, on UX and UI, uh, and so much more. You know, the kind of student teachers love who will do more, read more, research more when they're asked to do it. Well, that's what Roger's doing. And the break from the 9 to 5 existence and mindset has freed the bandwidth for him to be able to do all of that. And strangely enough, as I said earlier, I've had about a dozen others who are in similar situations in the last couple of weeks asking me about similar sorts of issues. So this is clearly a topic which needs more ventilation to help all of those people asking those questions. So what are the signs that the working 9 to 5 mindset isn't for you? Now I should say before we get cracking 
that there's nothing wrong with having a working nine to five mindset. If you do that or something similar to that, um, uh, as as we have people working in our trading businesses and you're happy uh, uh, with it, happiness is the true metric about all, which all else is judged. If you're not happy, then and only then do you look um, to get out of the straitjacket that you're in because it's causing you frustrations and you'd rather be doing something else. But if you're happy with it, if you're happy in the nine to five, if you're happy getting your paycheck at the end of the week and for your boss or your manager or the owner or whatever to take the pressures that come from having a life outside of the nine to five, that's fine. There's absolutely no problem with that as long as you're happy. But if you're not happy and it's turning you into being a lazy bastard because you fucking hate what you're doing, this episode's for you, okay? Which I'm sure many of my listeners are maybe a wee bit frustrated if they're working places and they would like to do more. So let's take a look at the telltale signs that the working nine to five isn't for you. Now, number one, um, I'm going to, how many have I got here? I've got about half a dozen that I'm going to rattle through here for you. Now, the first question I'm going to ask, as this is one that plagued me all my life, and in fact, it still does if I'm truthful, do you think you've got more in you? Do you think you've got more in you? Is there a nag telling you that there's something bigger in store for you, even if you don't know what it is yet? Well, I'm going to tell you right now, brother, sister, mother, father, 100% you are right. 100% you're right. There's definitely more in you. If you're feeling it, if you can't get rid of it, if it keeps going back to you day after day, you got something that you're going to have to deal with one way or the other. What I can say for certain is that your subconscious is telling you that you're under-delivering in your life. And it could be that the working 9 to 5 isn't for you. And number two, lots of ideas. This is another wee telltale sign. Lots of ideas keep popping into your head. They may be about other business opportunities. Or they may be just doodles or snippets of creativity firing the little synapses in your brain. And they just appear. You think about them for a few days. Then they disappear. Then others appear some other days. And later that process just keeps on repeating itself for days, for weeks and months and years. That's another little sign that there's more going on inside you. Number three, little thing to watch out for. You watch longingly whilst others are getting shit done and you wish it was you out there doing it. Now, I'll share one with you that I've never shared with anyone before in my life. Uh, You'll remember that I was very entrepreneurial as a child with my sewing machine and my hair clippers and trading shares when I was a kid and all the rest of it, but I ended up doing law due to a family business, etc. And then that didn't work out for me, um, but I'm telling you this for a reason as I'm going to share something with you. Now, there was a guy in Belfast called and any Belfast uh, listeners will know who this guy is, called Mark Byrne. A guy called Mark Byrne. He was a very talented publican who owned and operated more of the iconic iconic bars in Belfast. Uh, for, for those of you who aren't from Northern Ireland, aren't from Belfast, he was uh, Mr. Christine Blakely before she married Frank Lampard. And I don't mean that in any res- disrespect to Mark. I'm just giving you a flavour. He was a big mover and shaker in Belfast. He still is, in fact, and he had all the iconic bars. Um, but in my 20s, he was creating and setting up new bars left, right and centre. Every single one of them was a smash hit. Uh, each done with an almost genius level of artistic design. Marketed um, in a way that even Richard Branson 
would kill for and I was stuck in the civil service as a slizder. I was so jealous, but in a, in a good way, not in a negative way. I was really happy for Mark and all of his success and I am to this day. But the pain, the pain of that being someone else I knew whom I felt I could benchmark myself against whilst I was stuck working 9 to 5 was pretty brutal and helped me know that 9 to 5 wasn't for me. Now Mark is still evidencing the same ability 20 years later in Belfast and hopefully I've shown my feelings at that time that I could and my feelings that I could benchmark myself against them that I've shown that that was actually correct with my own personal business achievements uh, since then. Now, number four, um, when you go home after you're working nine to five, is your, is your mind still firing? Maybe you even have to medicate that a little with alcohol and parties in the short term as, you hollow, as you're hollow from the working experience which isn't fulfilling you. Uh, the weekend warrior syndrome is a strong signal that you're unfulfilled in your working life. You get to the end of the week and you just want to zero the week out and the monotony of it all is killing you. And that's a sure sign that you're just dialing it in if you have to go and treat yourself to the weekend warrior stuff. Number five, are you struggling to concentrate during the day and it's looking to your manager that you're actually, or it's looking like to your manager that you're not actually productive? Now, I ended up being disciplined in my early days of my job as a solicitor in the civil service as I struggled to accept that this was the career for me. And you might be like that too. And certainly one of the people who contacted me in the last couple of weeks is in that boat. And their work is getting extremely, uh, getting them, or doing their work is getting them extremely pissed off. And it's probably going to lead to some disciplinary issues for them within their work soon. uh, As they're really struggling to keep working nine to five going. Number six, are you working a side hustle? And you're trying to work out how to make that into a full-time gig. Do you look forward to getting out of your working 9 to 5 to get home, to start cracking on with a side hustle? And you prefer your time at the weekend working on the side hustle um, rather than your job that you're doing uh, during the week. Now the days, remember folks, the days of a job for life, of getting a nice wee career and that's your lot, are all but over. That ship has sailed Your parents might still be trying to push you down that route of some professional career being the be-all and the end-all, but opportunity has been democratised in so many different ways and the sausage meat isn't going into the sausage any longer. That's a bit of a weird analogy, but you know, sort of trying to push sausage meat into a sausage. Uh, I'm not sure where that one came from, but hopefully you'll get my point. Uh, um, But you know what? What's the worst that can happen for fuck's sake? What is the worst that can happen if you take the leap and it doesn't work out, you have to, let's say, you have to go back to your profession. Uh, so say you're an accountant, for instance. Say you're an accountant. And by the way, several of those contacting me are actually accountants. You try a business out, give it your best shot, and it doesn't work out. But just think about how much extra knowledge you'll have about the real world of belt, of business and of entrepreneurship and how better you'll be able to advise future clients when you've been out there and you've got the t-shirt and learnt just about business, you learnt about business from the uh, from the rock face rather than just from a friggin' book in a university. No, you, you, you now have, actually, if you've done that, you now have a unique advantage over other accountants. You can talk to business people from a position of deep understanding because you'll have walked the walk. And maybe, in fact, it's the, that deep empathy and knowledge 
that's missing um, from your current role and um, which is preventing you from really enjoying providing services to the SME sector because you really don't know whether you can understand it and do it yourself. Now, if you if you want my advice, my brief advice, it's pretty simple. I'm, much, I'm a much more rounded, knowledgeable, more empathetic, better leader, better everything because I've tried shit. Sometimes I fail spectacularly, but mostly I win. When I was leaving my nice, nice cushy number as a solicitor in the civil service, my mum begged. In fact, she was pretty aggressive about it, trying to get me to stay in the civil service. She called me all types of pretty nasty names for giving up a steady job. Now, she was doing that for out of concern, but um, she said, you're giving up your pension and your career progression and you're going to go out into the big bad world where you're going to fail. But I knew at that stage that I had more inside me and a life of misery awaited me if I didn't make that jump. And if that's you, just fucking do it. Never look back. Blame the King Walrus for fuck's sake. When it goes wrong and you've nowhere to turn, just say, King Walrus, he told me to do it. I've broad shoulders. I'll protect. I'll provide the the top cover and I can take it. This is part of my mission in this world to help more and more of you fulfil your potential. As someone once said to me, what's the worst that can actually happen? Look, you'll have learnt from the experience and it won't kill you. I'm also giving all those that give it a go a lifetime pass to the island. No, not the Love Island, but Walrus Island. And that should be enough to give you the final push you need to give it a go. Just do it. Just fucking do it. Do you know what the best thing is? I've leveraged the task of replying to all my queries on this topic into this episode. And I can just now cut and paste the link to this episode into all my DM replies to all the people that are thinking about giving this a go. So that's it for another episode of the, that's another lesson there I've given you. That's it for another episode of the Speedbender podcast. If you've enjoyed this free resource, why not bless me with a subscription and even better review, just like Philip Armstrong did. Um, that's Philip Armstrong, Armstrong Slizzers here in Belfast with his, and by the way, he's never done any work for me. This is not an advertorial. Uh, just giving him a shout out for leaving me a review. Um, and he's titled his review Belfast's Best Wall. Now, he says here, personal disclosure, this is in his uh, five-star review, I know Gavin, although I have no business or personal connection to him, um, I've subscribed to and almost immediately unsubscribed from lots of motivational self-improvement, business improvement podcasts over the years, but this one is different. In fact, there is something genuinely unique about the way Gavin delivers his message, which is missing from the other podcasts I've listened to. Maybe it's the humour, the occasional swearing, or the stark reality of the message which stands out. But no, it's that unique ability to make it sound like a conversation between you and Gavin as if he's in the room and he's talking only to you. This is admittedly a little weird, but totally compelling, uh, in brackets, like Gavin actually. Close brackets. I love the searing honesty, the self-effacement and the fact that this very personable guy is letting you learn from his experiences, warts and all. This is a podcast I can see myself staying subscribed to. Gavin is flying the flag for Belfast and we should be thankful for his energy and his generosity of spirit. Woo! I don't know. I think I need to go and lie down after um, that review. That, that is definitely, you've gone into some, you've put some work in that review. Thank you so much, um, Philip. Uh, I hope that the shout out for your review is um, uh, a reward for that and also the fact that it keeps me knocking out these episodes um, because the energy keeps driving me on. So your future is in your own hands, folks. I'm here to help and guide you, but you got to decide if working nine to five is for you or not. It's your choice. <laughs>